This is the MS Show, the podcast for people with multiple sclerosis and their families who want information and inspiration. I'm Bron Webster. I've been living with MS for over 20 years. I'll be sharing with you tips, stories and ways to keep going with MS. Now then, if you're an MS action taker, I want to keep in touch with you. So can you sign up to hear about my future MS action takers activities? The link to sign up is in the show notes. When you live with multiple sclerosis, you know how difficult it can be to decide on the best exercise for you that works around you, your time and your symptoms. And in today's episode, I just want to share some simple ideas for staying strong and healthy that won't disrupt your MS. And if anything, they'll make you feel better. Because we all know about the endorphins that physical exercise release and they are the feel-good little hormones that go around our bodies. So I think, first of all, it depends on what you're able to do physically and practically. And there's no one-size-fits-all answer to the question, what's the best exercise? Because some people with MS, as we know, have really limited capacity for movement. Some people are bed-bound. Others might be wheelchair users. Some people with multiple sclerosis have high pain levels or weakness in their limbs. I, for example, my whole left side, including my face, is affected. But it's important to find ways to exercise. And I think the most important thing is to start with some cardio training. And no matter what health conditions we've got, how able or disabled we are, heart health is so important, no matter what your level of ability. If you can still move, walking is great. Walking up a hill is better. Running is great. Whatever you enjoy. It might be horse riding. I used to love it because from the age of five, my dad used to take me to some tiny, really run-down stables near where we used to live. And I got to go on the back of a horse. And I never been, I've never been able to ride very well, but I have always, always loved being on the back of a horse. And so the excitement of looking forward to a lesson and the feel good actually being on the back of a horse and just walking through the fields. Personally, I just, it's something that I just, I just can't, I can't find a reason to not do it apart from that I'm no longer very able to stay balanced for long. So my maximum on a horse would probably now be around 10 to 15 minutes. But some people love to go skiing, snowboarding, swimming. It might be classes at the gym. And if you're less able, there are still things that you can do, like finding a gym that has a hand exercise bike or 
an MS therapy centre. And I know many therapy centres have got their own gyms attached to them where they've got all kinds of facilities and all kinds of pieces of equipment that can be really accessible. Recumbent exercise bikes are another one where you're sitting and you're able to almost lean back while you're pedaling with your feet. And even seating exercise, seated exercises where you're moving your arms, that can really help get your heart rate up. And that's all we're trying to achieve at the moment. Have you heard of the anti-gravity treadmills? Now, this is something that I want to try. That's where you stand in a treadmill, but there's a big plastic bubble around you. And that takes away the gravity. And it's like as if you were on the moon trying to walk. And I've just got to try this out. It looks amazing. So try to find something that's going to keep your heart healthy. With MS, it's also important to think about strength training. We need to keep our muscles strong. We need to keep our limbs moving. But it can be easier said than done when we live with MS because we don't want to overexert the muscles and we don't want to do too much challenging of brain signals if there's been a relapse or if there's been some kind of neural interruption. So it's always got to be considered in the context of what's going on for you at the moment. Resistance training is really great. Now, resistance training is introducing some kind of weight or some kind of force on the movement that challenges your muscles a little bit. But it's possible to achieve resistance training just using your own body weight, just doing things like an upright bench press against a wall or doing really low one or two inch step climbs while holding onto something and just keeping that function going so that your body is still able to achieve these small movements. There are things like latex bands. I can't remember the name of them, but they're the long stretchy bands that come in sort of different thicknesses and you can use them to quite easily adjust the resistance that you're applying. So depending on the thickness of the band, but sometimes how close together and how much stretch there is or there isn't in the band. One thing that I personally have found is to really carefully consider what I'm going to be using to do some exercise. The way that I'm impacted is because my left side is weak. I remember the relapse when this happened and I remember being in a class at a regular gym and I was challenging myself to carry on and I was using um, a long barbell with small weights on it and they were asking us to do sort of um, a push-up from our shoulders up above our heads and in the around the gym then obviously it's all mirrored so you can see your every spare tire your every lack of symmetry um, so it's not the most inspiring place to be however what it did enable me to see was by using this one single barbell 
just how lopsided I was becoming. And that told me that all I was going to be doing was exercising my strong side and the weak side just couldn't keep up at all. And so it's important to try and find independent methods of getting some kind of resistance into your workout. So using barbells rather than one single, uh, sorry, using dumbbells rather than one long barbell. If you're, if you're doing any kind of exercise where your strong side can compensate, then it's not as worthwhile as finding a way that's independent, where you can do independent on each side. So that's the importance of the strength that we've got to keep in our bodies. The next thing that's really important is to make sure that you get some kind of massage and release because you might well suffer with spasticity. You might have pain, you might have tremors. And again, it's finding what you need for your body. But many of these daily massages and releases you can do yourself. For example, I've got foot drop on my left side. And whilst I can't fix it by doing stretching and massaging, by releasing it and by gently stretching those knotted up muscles, those muscles that have fallen foul of spasticity, it does make some difference to how much I can move that particular foot um, and the function in that leg. So massaging and stretching is really, really worthwhile. So I wanted to tell you about something that I have found that's made a massive impact for me. It's having something to aim for. It's having a target. It could be just to walk a certain distance or a certain number of steps every day. It might be a target to swim a certain distance in a month or cycle so many miles or maybe signing up for an event that will keep you motivated to keep doing the activity. Lots of the MS charities have got fundraising events that are based on some kind of activity. And whilst supporters of people with MS do take part, I know that so many people with MS sign up, work towards these challenges. And I did um, the MS Trust Smiles for MS one May, I think it was 2017 or 18. And I'd given myself. Uh, a target to row 10 kilometers I think it was every day that I was rowing and I was imagining that I was rowing across a lake so I'd measured the distance of the lake and worked it out and worked out how many miles that would equate to for a whole month and I went on a rowing machine and that's what I did every day but of course there are those days and this is another really important point with multiple sclerosis. There are those days when you've got relapse symptoms or you're struggling with fatigue. And that hit me a little bit in this challenge. And what I realized was I probably overstretched myself a little bit. And I should have talked more about getting, getting a team of people so that we could all work on it. So when you've got any kind of fatigue or relapse, it's better to try and keep some movement. 
however gentle it might be. But make sure you stop ahead of your muscle getting really fatigued. Now, I'm not sure about the science of this, but I've always taken an approach, which is that when I can identify which muscles are being affected during a relapse or following a relapse, for me, that is the time to keep the signals going. That is the time to let my body know that, hang on a minute, this is important. You can't stop working. And so that's what I have always done. I'm not saying that I've managed to keep perfect movement, but I think if you can narrow down and identify specific muscles and specific movements and then gently try to keep them going so that your brain almost knows the importance of its neural plasticity. It knows the importance of trying to find another way around this. But during a relapse and during fatigue is not the time to be competitive. It's not the time to be competitive with yourself or with anybody else, frustrating as it is. And I know when I look back at my life with fitness and how I've managed to keep going, I started training with weights from the age of 13 but I hated cardio and I found eventually quite um, a simple way of being able to introduce some cardio. I was still working out in normal gyms and I found in my 20s that if I was going to do a 30-minute cardio circuit, but because I get really bored just walking or running or whatever I'm going to do, if I get bored doing that on the treadmill, what worked for me was having 10 minutes on the treadmill and having 10 minutes on an exercise bike and having 10 minutes on a rowing machine. And that would mean that I'd got my 30 minutes in, but I was varying it a little bit. So I was fittish and I've always kept moving. And then in my 30s, I actually took up jogging. And I can't believe I did this because I hated running, hated being out of breath. Hated that panicky feeling when you can't get enough oxygen in. So it was a very slow process, but I managed it. I managed to get to five kilometers and it was great for weight loss. As my mobility worsened and I've been unable to run and jog anymore, I switched to walking with Nordic walking poles because one, they help with balance, but two, they mean that I can get a, a cardio workout in just by walking. I've also found that aqua exercise works really well, but I've learned a couple of caveats. Number one, the water's got to be at least, for me, 28 degrees. And number two, it can feel easy, but it's so important to not push yourself too hard when you're in water. So that is what I did in terms of my fitness. And we've had episodes in this series that have looked at instructor-led training. I've talked with Dom Thorpe. I've talked with Beth Sparowska and also Trevor Wicken. Until your symptoms impact what you enjoy doing, there is absolutely no need to adjust what you're doing. And if you don't have much movement at the moment, whatever your symptoms, it is really, really important to find something you can do. Find what you're able to do 
and don't focus on telling yourself, I can't do that anymore. I can't do that anymore. Because that is quite detrimental to your mindset. And I've been there in Pilates classes, which I gave up because it was getting too much of a mindset struggle to lie there and realize I can't do this exercise any longer. So find ways to find what you can do and keep positive and keep moving. Keep your heart healthy. Set your aim. Find your best exercise for your MS. Now then, if you're an MS action taker, I want to keep in touch with you. So can you sign up to hear about my future MS action takers activities? The link to sign up is in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for listening to today's MS show. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. And if you'd like to get more involved with the MS show, why not join our Facebook community? Just search Facebook for The MS Show. Come back soon for another dose of MS information and inspiration. You've been listening to The MS Show podcast.